Welcome back, friends, to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of December 6th, the second week in Advent. But I'm not going to riff on Advent specifically this week. Rather, we thought what would be really just helpful is I envisioned a podcast. I could kind of hear it in my head. Mistakes I make around the holidays. Like if we could name these things ahead of time, maybe we could navigate around some of them this year. So I don't know why Alan and Sam and <laughs> Stacy Burton on our team came to mind, but they're in the they're in the studio with me today. Mistakes A team. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew there'd be some good stories here. And then we'll probably swing back around to some Advent themes in, in the next couple of weeks as we draw closer to Christmas. But I was just aware, and what cracks me up, because God does this so often, is as I'm getting ready, you know, knowing that I'm coming into this podcast, I don't have to reach back very far for stories. <laughs> he starts like delivering them up last night. So we have some folks over for dinner. And Stacy and I, you know, we're empty nesters now, but we still need to decorate the big Christmas tree and pull out all the boxes of lights and ornaments and stuff. And so these folks offered to help. And I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be such a huge, like, gift. Thank you. And, and so we get started and first come with the lights, right? You got to get the lights on the tree before you hang the ornaments. Well, there's a particular way mm. that I like the lights done <laughs> on the tree. Oh, yes, there is. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have an artistic sense for these things. It's, it's beauty. Yeah, it's the correct way. <laughs> it, it just happens to be the right way. <laughs> and so they're helping, kind of. <laughs> and I am watching this controlling thing going on inside of me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to take the lights away from this guy and do it myself and shame him and emasculate him and offend our dinner guests. <laughs> to be fair, the cross-eyed prospector was maybe not the best choice <laughs> of help in the situation. Yeah, exactly. The one-eyed guy. But I was cracking up. I'm like, there it is. It. So I'm going to begin the podcast, Mistakes I Make Around the Holidays. I want things done a certain way. Yeah. I want things done my way. And I, it doesn't feel to me right. to, to be inordinate or oppressive or domineering. It's just more beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> more wow. right. More right. Yeah. More happy. We're going to be more happy. <laughs> you know, this feels a little bit like playing Minesweeper and intentionally clicking the mine. But uh, what's one of those ways, Dad, that maybe I haven't <laughs> done <laughs> no, it correctly? No, 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 no. Uh -uh. You yeah. know, Christmas morning, uh, do the wrong order. Uh -uh. No? Nope. Mm, okay. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I just, I'm just cracking up at, it's the day before... We're recording this, and Jesus is just teeing up story after story. Like, oh, yeah, I don't have to reach far back into the years. I was observing it in the present moment and then realizing, oh, yeah, mistakes I make around the holidays. Um, because then you get disappointed, mm -hmm. right? If, you, if things have to be a certain way, yeah. mm -hmm. you get disappointed, right? And, and then what are you going to do? 
you're going to take your ball and go home, you know? Well, it's like the more I think you love Jesus and the more you look forward to it all year long, it that's good, but it comes with it, this built-in pressure that you don't realize where, yeah, other people need to to do it the way you want it done, or it needs to feel a certain way, or you put all this pressure for it to be meaningful and holy. And you kind of go, well, that sucked. That wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted. And that, that's been something I've wrestled with almost every holiday for the last, I don't know, 40 years of my life. <laughs> okay. So poor Stace is not here to defend herself. And so some of these stories are so fresh. So the Advent wreath, okay. We, we have a, we actually have an Advent wreath that's antlers. That's made out of antlers. So it's very Colorado, very mountainy, very Eldridge clan. It's beautiful. And so there's four candles and then there's the Christ candle in the middle, right? And you lap through the four weeks of Advent. And well, she's using red, candles this year. <laughs> we never use red candles. We what? <laughs> <laughs> we don't you don't, you don't? we don't? <laughs> what color do you use? You use purple candles for the advent wreath. Oh. And the and the white candles, the Christ candle. Or you use white candles and the purple candle. Anyway. Yeah. There's a way. There's a way. I, I Is know. there a candle shortage this year? <laughs> you know she what? Had to go maybe, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> We're sitting there. Literally doing Advent wreath last night together, and I'm looking at the candles going, let it go, let it go, let it go. I'm sorry. Alan, I like that you say, the more that we love Jesus, the more that we look forward to the holidays. And I'm like, I don't think that's got anything to do with my disappointment, well, man. <laughs> I'm like, no, I experience both after Thanksgiving and after Christmas in past years, this immense sense of like disappointment almost minutes after the thing has happened. There'll be this ah, just emptiness of, wow, I was so looking forward to this thing and that thing may or may not have happened and probably didn't happen. I'll drive home from family gatherings, whether it's here with Susie's family, and I'll look at her and be like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so hmm. disappointed and I don't know that Jesus has a whole lot to do with it, Alan, <laughs> if I'm quite honest. All right, well, I was, I was reaching maybe. No, <laughs> you're just know. older than me. I get it. It's cool. <laughs> I think I've found that over the years with enough disappointments like that, I come into the holidays knowing I've kind of got to medicate. Like, I do. As we come in going, whether it's with in-laws or with our family here in Colorado, there's going to be disappointment. Like, that's this big verdict of, like, here come the holidays, and with them comes the big letdown. And therefore, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to guard yourself? Are you going to have multiple beers when you're in Minnesota? Because I mean, they make good beers out there, and, and they're generous, and they're, they're, they're on the <laughs> counter. It's, it's hard to say no. It's not my fault. <laughs> but I do, like, you find yourself going, like, wow, I just spent a week where I was bracing rather than embracing if that makes mm-hmm. sense, where mm-hmm. I'm like guarded for this inevitable letdown. And I have some more thoughts into like ways I've done it better, but ways I've done it wrong is fully embracing like the medicating, the dissociating, the like, I just need more sweets. I just need to like finish off that box of the Christmas mm-hmm. cookies. I just need that beer because the disappointment is coming. 
We wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> we wish you like I mean, how sad is that? It's true. It's yeah. definitely there. Yeah. And well, and then how we prepare ourselves for that. Do we brace? Do we make other choices towards love? Right. Like, yeah. Knowing that. Stace, mistakes you make around the holidays? Let me grab my list. I was thinking last night, I try, I'm, I'm a planner, and I think it is a gift God gave me organizing. But I realized the extent of it last night because it's so important to me to be able to enjoy the space between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I actually realize I start mentally preparing in July. And by that, I mean my goal is to get all my Christmas shopping done by Thanksgiving because of the pressure of nobody needs anything, but everybody wants something. So what is that perfect gift? So I start actively listening in July to like what people want. Mm. What do people want? What can I find? So the funny story of this was like when Riley was 10, I started listening and preparing so I don't have to deal with the stress of Christmas, right? I got her all these Christmas gifts. She was very gracious on Christmas Day after unwrapping everything. And I was like, did you have a great day? Did you get everything you wanted? And she was like, I got nothing on my list, Mom. Like, thank you. And it's because I was like, but a ukulele. You said you wanted a ukulele. And she was like, in July, I wanted a ukulele. (laughs) Oh, my God. No way. It backfired. I know. Like, not ungrateful. My point is, like, I think the biggest mistake I make in the holiday season is missing people's hearts because I'm trying so hard to protect my heart that I I struggle with paying attention to how difficult it is for my husband to participate with my family. I miss Riley's heart in so many ways, many stories of that. I, I think we found the person who has Jesus at the table here. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of active listening, though, that's so beautiful. It is. Like, wow. And. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah. For me, I really look for moments to be spectacular. Like, I, I know it's not going to be one spectacular month, December 1 through Christmas, but I want some of those moments. And so usually for me where I feel the, I'm doing it wrong because I lose heart and I lose my patience is we always try to do the Christmas tree together as a family. And so until recently we had three teenagers at home and it never went well. Like inevitably one person had a something with friends that came up and they wanted to not be there. And one person was in their room doing something and, and wanted to do it five hours later when somebody else couldn't. And so it always would create this massive tension where we had the tree and we had the box of the ornaments and we had the lights. And most years it ended up being just me uh, Mm. because there'd be an argument or somebody would be into it, but the rest wouldn't be. And, and so Kelly and I, you know, or me would start doing the lights by ourselves, And, and it just was like, here we go again, you know, like it was this, it was three weeks before Christmas and it felt like already hope was starting to be lost. Or I'd go out to do the lights in our front yard and Gray or or Chase or whoever would lose interest. And, 
And I felt like, you know, Chevy Chase in, in National Lampoon's Vacation where strands of lights are tangled. <laughs> I'm out there by myself. I'm starting to put it up. Kelly looks at it and goes, is that the way we want to do it this year? <laughs> and, Ooh. you know, and she had a different vision, but that vision included me having a crane to get up to the top of our house, which I don't. And I was putting all this pressure on these moments and everybody had a good heart and everybody was trying to kind of be in their way helpful. But I was like, this Christmas is already going down the drain and it's three weeks before it starts. I, I, Alan, I love the arguments around like decorating the Christmas tree because yeah. you're like, we are going to have a nice Christmas. <laughs> we are going to bond. <laughs> this is magical. Get your butt in the living room. <laughs> so that pressure I've just found is so not helpful, mm -hmm. but I wanted that Hallmark moment at those times. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you get the messiness and not the Hallmark moment. Uh, one for me, I seem to do this every year. I I miss it for Susie with the finances piece. Like I, I expressed to her, I really love a home that feels like we're creating the memories and the magic for our children. So like, let's not just have it be that we hang a wreath on the door. Like let's make it feel whimsical and beautiful mm -hmm. inside. And like, we're actually turning our hearts towards the season. And then I get mad that she spends money to like decorate the house. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you got all these garlands and, and she's like, what on earth? Like you asked me to do this. I'm doing this because this is something that you have specifically requested. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, no, you're right. That's huh. okay. And then she'll spend money on the kids. And she's really frugal. I mean, she's like, again, kind of to what you're doing, Stacey, she's listening to what they want and trying to taper it into, well, a three-year-old probably doesn't have like the best understanding of what they want long-term. Right. They might exactly. like something for two minutes. We're week. like, we we heard you, sweetie, and we got you this <laughs> instead. And she'll get it off of Facebook Marketplace or she'll wait for sales and things. And I still will like grumble at her of like, we didn't really budget for that. I'm like, wait, I am, I am getting on... My wife's case for buying our kids Christmas presents. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm putting on my Grinch outfit next day. Seriously? It's just, ugh. Riley would ask me for years. Holiday decorating, I've learned, is super important to her. My holiday decorating, and part of it is Scrooge, keep the wallet tight. I'll go get the sales after Christmas, but who wants to go shopping after Christmas? Anyway, Riley was having friends over one year recently. I think it was maybe two years ago. And I didn't realize, but she had stayed up till like two in the morning the night before scrounging through old birthday streamers and rejected balloons, you know, faded construction paper. I woke up like that scene in Elf where he like decorated the whole <laughs> store. It was amazing what she had come up with, with the supplies that we she scrounged around the house. Like typically I put up an advent calendar for each kid when those chocolate things are Christmas tree and stockings. Like that's that's the extent of what I did. So to wake up to what she created, God totally caught me in that moment of can we just pay a little attention to how much this matters to oh, her? Yeah. Hmm, right. And so hmm. I took her to a craft store with a with a budget and I said I understand now this really matters to you. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Yes. I think the longing for things to be amazing, the longing for things to be magical, yes. the longing for things to be wonderful is a really precious place in each human mm -hmm. heart. 
and it expresses itself differently. For some people, it's the rich conversation. For some people, it's the beauty of an evening or, or of a season. You know, it's, it's lots of people. It's a few people. It, it gets expressed in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But that precious Eden longing in our hearts is something we've got to shepherd well through the holidays, not going to control pressure. Get down here. We are having a magical moment. <laughs> <laughs> the demanding yeah. of the expectation. Right. Yeah. Or going to, I'm taking my ball and going home. Like, no, like check out resignation. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sam, you mentioned, I'm doing the classic thing already. I'm already eating too many Christmas sweets. <laughs> yeah. And we're early. <laughs> like, I, I need to pace myself <laughs> for this, right? I'm like, hold your binging off at least one more week. Christmas cookies are a legitimate <laughs> breakfast for the month of December. <gasps> Just December? <laughs> Shoot. Well, you and I were talking about this several weeks ago. Um, like, I don't know that there was ever a perfect Christmas, but we have glimpses of it and we make mm -hmm. this like collage and we hang out in the wall and we're like, it does exist. <laughs> See? And it happened. Like the, my street in my little suburban neighborhood, Christmas lights went up a week before Thanksgiving. Mm. And it was like, I've never seen it like that. So this year more than any, there's this longing for I th that collage, that, that, that space of give me something to rest in, to be looking forward to, that feels magical, that feels normal, that all of those things. I just, I was shocked that we had speculated about whether we'd do it early or not this year. And then here it is. Like it's, it's the Christmas parade in November. What's happening? We used to have a rule at the Eldridge House that you couldn't even use the C word <laughs> before Thanksgiving. I'm like, no, we're not going to start decorating and Christmas and da, 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 da. Early November, we're going to enjoy Thanksgiving, which is, you know, beautiful and non-commercial and you're not having the pressure of buying presents. And stuff. I mm -hmm. love Thanksgiving. And then we'll move into Christmas. Well, guess who is hanging up Christmas oh. decorations this year <laughs> for the first time in 61 years? Right. No, it blew my mind. Prior mm -hmm. to Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Your <laughs> podcast host. That longing, yeah. that desire for goodness and joy and just some relief from the world and all of its pressure. But you know, it's an odd dynamic of we want it and we need it. So we start early. But on the other hand, here we are recording this at the beginning of December. And Christmas carols are on the radio, and there's something in me that's like, no, I'm finding myself going, it's too early for that right now, and we haven't had any snow yet, really, and it's 70 degrees outside, mm -hmm. and so it totally feels too early, and if I don't slow my heart down and focus on the moment I'm in, it goes from, it's too early to buy gifts, it's too early to listen to Christmas music, it's too early to decorate to it's December 14th and you're getting in the mail, last chance to get, you know, right. delivery before Christmas. And you're like, it's already almost too late. And that's the tension I find is yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to start initially. It feels rushed. And then I blink and I feel behind. 
Alan's heart is like an avocado. That thing is not ripe, not ripe, not ripe, not ripe. Oh, it's too, it's, it's spoiled. Too late. You missed it. It's too late. <laughs> it's like a pear. It's, it is. it's society helps usher in confusion for the soul. Like, and there's a radio station in the Springs that starts Christmas music November 1st. But nothing is set up for us to be able to be present to Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. We've we've pre Thanksgiving we've ushered into Christmas. So yeah. What are we supposed to do with our soul? So if you listen to last week's podcast, I was talking about as we look towards Advent and the return of Jesus to make all things new, what he brings is Eden. What we are longing for is the return of Eden mm-hmm. in all of the beauty and all of the ways. Yes. And I, I started really trying to make this year's Christmas particularly beautiful in our home just some new lights, some some new garlands, some new things. And all of it is backordered. <laughs> oh, man. Because mm. of the... And the thing is, they didn't tell me when I was ordering it. And I'm like, hey, what happened to those new ornaments I ordered? I just literally last night, I get on, what happened to that? And I find my email and it says, sorry, backordered. Mm. We'll be here mm. January 30th. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas and, is uh, delayed this year. What have you done well? Or what are you aiming to do well this year? As you think back on past holidays. So we got the idea of mistakes I make around Christmas. Good choices, good things that you've done or are planning to do. My story's so good. I want you guys to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I started something this year at Thanksgiving that was super helpful going into the holidays, which was I knew my tank was going to be low because we were coming off of uh, a wedding in Texas, and then a day and a half later had boot camp, and then a day and a half later we had sixteen people in our home for Thanksgiving. Two sleeping, s- in sleeping, your home. like staying there, and really good relatives and extended family who we enjoy spending time with. But but our home isn't really made for sixteen people in the kitchen and everywhere else. And so I knew, man, my tank is low. And what I did well was. I decided I am not going to reach for a drink of alcohol, beer, wine, whatever, unless it's totally from a place of joy. If it's a place of joy, great, I'll have a beer. If it's a, if it's a need for relief, I'm not going to do it. And it's the first time I purposely went into a holiday with that mindset and the whole five-day, kind of six-day family time, it wasn't that there weren't moments of joy, but but I would find myself saying, I'm good. I'll just stick with water, tea, whatever. And I had uh, two beers one time when we were visiting a pub, and that was it. And I really felt like that was a victory for me because I would have turned for it as a relief valve more than as a celebratory joy moment. So I at the end of Thanksgiving, when everybody left and I was kind of reflecting back on it, I was like, that's a, that's a really helpful practice for my heart, is not to look for relief in a glass or in something that can take the edge off, but how do I be fully present, even when I'm exhausted, even when the tank is low, to the people around me uh, without that? That's really good. Okay, so mine's sort of in line with that, since I mentioned medicating is my, like, <laughs> not such a great way of handling things. This happened a couple of years ago where I 
actually like sat with some of that bracing emotion, some of that why I felt disappointed before any of the actual holidays had already happened. That like sense of looming loss, which was not an unfamiliar experience. And I have begun to be aware of these younger places inside of me that actually needed care and tending to. And in this one particular year, there was, I had lingered with it. I'm like, why do I feel already the sense of loss? And I felt like a younger place within me was like, well, because those days are never coming back again. And what I really wanted was Chinese food. They have the takeout place we would always go to um, for our Christmas Eve dinner. But it's been closed for however many years, yeah. 20 years now? CNCN. Exactly. On Garden of the Gods. And it was yeah. weird where I'd be like, oh, I need a beer right now because CNCN's closed and I'm in Minnesota. And like, it just, it, I didn't understand all of the connections until like you're naming Ellen. I slowed down and was like, oh, there is, there's a place inside me that needs to know that he's welcome. He's okay. That goodness will come again. And that I can do some things for that place. And so that a couple of years ago, when I was really feeling this strongly, I actually went and found just a Chinese restaurant and got the chicken lo mein that I always did. And there was something in me that was like, it was actually some of the best therapy I've received mm -hmm. um, in a really long time because it was telling these parts of me that had felt like they were in the way and therefore needed medication, that they're welcome and not a problem and that they would actually have their needs met. And so now as I enter the holidays, when those things pop up, I'm like, oh, Rather than jumping right to medication, it's curiosity of what's the place in me that already feels the looming sense of failure or loss or disappointment or longing and what is underneath those. And when I, if I get clarity on them, what can I do for them? What do they need? Um, whether that's Chinese food or just rest, sitting with them and wrestling with the tension of, yeah, those times have passed. And like you're naming that longing for Eden, I want them back again. And what are real tangible ways that I can sit with the reality that goodness is coming again and those needs will be met? Mm. It's so good to just pay attention to what is at the core of what is happening. So I think my biggest thing is just to let go of orchestrating perfection. Uh, I think it was 15 years ago, I stopped sending Christmas cards and it's because it was so unenjoyable and frustrating to me because I felt like I had to write a personal note and story to a hundred people. And it just, there was no joy in it. And I'm grateful for a husband who said, so don't send them. And I was like, what? But I released it and it's been amazing. Things like needing perfect traditions for the kids that I've tried to put in place, and I love that organically a few have held important to them, and I've been able to release orchestrating everything else. So I think just being able to pay attention to what isn't enjoyable, even trying to get my Christmas shopping done before Thanksgiving, there's a huge piece of that that my soul needs, so I'm not feeling scattered or sure. crazy the weeks leading up to Christmas. So, of course, the balance of also not feeling frustrated that I'm behind if it doesn't happen. Releasing a lot of the perfection is mm. what I'm practicing and has been really good for me. 
one source of pressure that Stace and I have felt over the years is the husband-wife gift, mm. right? And noticing and listening. And finally, a couple of years ago, we just agreed, we, we would just talk about it and say, hey, babe, do you even want to do presents this year? Why don't, why don't we take that money and save it for a trip we'd like to take and later in the spring? Or why don't we, you know, go out for a nice dinner or something like that? I just felt this enormous amount of pressure to come through with the yeah, killer gift for my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead to talk about it. I was really surprised. She is a girl really attached to tradition, does not like change. And so this year I'm like, hey, hon, what do you want to do? And she's like, you know what? Let's just not let's not do gifts this year. There's there's plenty going on, lots of goodness. Inside I'm like, yeah, <laughs> pressure off. But maybe to talk about it, maybe you know, as a family culture or in a marriage, talk about the pressure and how can we, how can we release some of that? That's good. With Kelly and me, it's the same dynamic, but it's not even gifts as much as it is the Christmas card. So I grew up in a family where everybody, you know, had a card for everybody and it was the Hallmark card and it was thoughtful words in it. And you saved it. And, you know, I still have some from boyhood. And in her family, cards just weren't a big deal. Like you showed love in different ways and you didn't have to get a card or or spend thought or time on that. And that was fine. And so early Christmases, it'd be like, here's your card. And she'd read it and go, thank you. That's <laughs> awesome. And I'd be sitting on the couch like, and where's my card? You know, and she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get one. But thank you for that. And... And, and so we've had to, I've had to really go, that's fine. Like her love and her beauty at Christmas shines through and cards, like, let it go, let it go. And if I want to give her a card, great, but not with the expectation of, and now where's mine? And so I, I just think part of what makes Christmas better for me in the holidays now is it's okay for it to be messy and it's okay to not have everything go a certain way. And, and just knowing there's going to be some beautiful moments and let them come as they come. And it may be the least expected moment. It may be 11 PM when you're ready for bed and one of the kids wants to talk that then do it, like be there for it and don't expect it to be when you're putting the Christmas tree up or the lights outside. And when I, when I can do that, and the pressure's off, there are those timeless moments. Just not how I thought they'd be usually and not when. It feels like the holidays are such a collision. It's beautiful, and it is such a collision of what our souls need. It is a collision, yeah. I think for me this year, what I'm having to do is pause and say, Jesus, what are we doing this year? Like open-handed but also listening. I don't, I don't want to just bail on engagement, involvement, and even arranging for beautiful moments. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things do have to be provided for, right? Um, but I pause, Jesus, what are we doing this year? Guide me this year. And he'll say, let the red candles go, whatever it might be. Alan, the thing on drinking, he's definitely brought that up for me this year of like, back off on that. That's not what your soul actually needs. Like, and just to invite him in, Jesus, what are we doing 
this year? What does it look like this year? And where are you shepherding my heart this year? Because your story about loving your eight-year-old self, that is a really beautiful, redemptive story. Jesus, do you have something like that for me Mm -hmm. this year? Where are we going, Lord? How are you shepherding me this holiday season? And friends, we just thought that that would be helpful to do it this week rather than Christmas week when there's already too much momentum behind everything. The aftermath. (laughs) (laughs) How to pick up the pieces. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the the after Christmas podcast. (laughs) So, yep, happy second week of Advent, everybody. And we look forward to picking up with more next week.